My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Over the past decade, Airbnb's explosive growth made it a Silicon Valley unicorn. And a lot of that growth was fueled by the hosts who rented out properties on its platform. Our colleague Trip Mickle has been talking to Airbnb hosts about their experience these past few years. There was one phrase that came out of so many conversations, and that was kind of the magic of Airbnb. The magical allure of some of the money that you can make on Airbnb. One host described the feeling of excitement she got every time her phone dinged with a new booking. It was the sound of magical money. The money would just continue to come in from Airbnb, no matter what. Since the coronavirus pandemic, that magic money has disappeared. Airbnb, the company, says it expects revenue to fall by more than half this year. Hosts are on the front lines of this, right? People built businesses, and many of them have expenses that they were using this Airbnb income to cover. And that vanished overnight. Today on the show, how the global pandemic has left Airbnb hosts high and dry and exposed fundamental cracks in the sharing economy. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Thursday, May 7th. Our colleague Pritika Rana covers the sharing economy. And she says that when Airbnb was founded back in 2008, its rentals looked way different from the fancy new apartments and beautifully renovated homes that you see on the site today. When Airbnb started out, the concept was very simple. It was renting out an air mattress in your home. In fact, they made it mandatory for you to rent out an air mattress. So back in the day, you couldn't really rent out your bedroom or an entire home. The concept was someone comes, sleeps on your mattress, you give them breakfast the next day, and then they're on their way. So the air of Airbnb is for air mattress. Comes from the air mattress. Absolutely. Back then, the company was called Air Bed and Breakfast. For this new platform to work, it needed lots of people around the country to open up their homes and blow up their air mattresses for strangers. And around that time, there were a lot of people ready to do that. This was in the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis. This was a time when a lot of people had lost their jobs. The economy wasn't doing so great. People were looking for secondary income. And when people bought in and when they saw that this was steady income and this was passive income, people bought into that promise. Not only was this steady income, it was a way for people to make money on their own terms. Right when Airbnb started out, it positioned itself as giving outsized power to hosts. They said, hey, you are your own boss. Because these hosts weren't employees of Airbnb, they could set their own hours. They chose who got to stay on their property, not the company. 
And they set their own house rules and pick their own cancellation policy, flexible, moderate, or strict. That arrangement appealed to a lot of people. Over the years, more and more hosts signed up for Airbnb. And Airbnb started letting those hosts rent out way more than just an air mattress. Over the years, you would see a shift in listings. They went from, hey, renting out my spare one bedroom to now advertising standalone apartments, standalone properties. At its peak, there were more than 7 million rental listings on Airbnb, and Airbnb owned none of them. Airbnb, in a sense, is a property manager without any of the property risk, the way that hotels do. They run their own properties. If anything goes wrong, they are ultimately responsible and liable for that property. Airbnb can easily wash their hands off and say, hey, we are just a tech platform. It's not our responsibility if something went wrong. One person who started renting out properties on Airbnb is Jen Kelleher Hazlett, who lives in Clawson, Michigan. Are you from Michigan? Yes, originally from Michigan, northeast Detroit area. I used to live in Royal Oak. Oh, okay. That's where one of my Airbnbs is. (laughs) Oh, no way. Jen works as a pharmacist at a hospital just outside of Detroit, and her husband is an elementary school art teacher. Before they started renting on Airbnb, Jen says they were just planning on being normal landlords. So we decided to buy a house as an investment property. It's an old house built in 1908 originally, and it's really cute. How much was it and how much was your mortgage? The house was $240,000 and the mortgage was one hundred and eighty. We were originally going to just make it a regular long-term rental and get regular tenants and it's a duplex. So there's two units there. But then one day, one of Jen's neighbors recommended that she consider renting the house on Airbnb instead. So Jen looked into it and decided it could be a good option. And what was the appeal? Like, why did you and your husband decide to do Airbnb instead of a long-term rental? Yeah, there's a bunch of appealing factors to it. Obviously, if you do get booked pretty consistently, you can make more money. But one of the biggest factors is that we're in there all the time. So we have more control over what's going on in our investment. And when we travel, we rent Airbnb all the time and we really like the service. So, you know, we kind of got excited about providing the service. Jen and her husband borrowed thousands of dollars on top of their mortgage to renovate and furnish the house for short-term rentals. They weren't sure how many people would be interested in renting a place in suburban Detroit. But in the fall of 2018, they took the leap and opened the duplex for rent on Airbnb. Can you describe the first few weeks as an Airbnb host? How did it go? (laughs) It went well. As soon as we listed it, I started getting bookings like immediately. So people would come for events and concerts. Visiting family, weddings, funerals, graduations. It was just exciting to see people book. And then, you know, when they make comments on your pictures, this place looks great and the location's awesome and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, it is. It went so well with the first house that Jen and her husband borrowed more money and bought another house to put on Airbnb. Together, the two houses made them thousands of dollars a month. Some of that went to the loan payments, but a lot of it went into their pockets. So much that Jen was thinking about quitting her job at the hospital. Over the years, a lot of hosts have essentially done what Jen did. And some 
have taken it even further. Here's Trip. Some people started with one home, then they added a second, then they added a third. And as we did research, I mean, we found that some of these hosts have anywhere from two to more than 24 properties. It just became a way for people to not just pad their income, but actually it became their primary income for some people. Tripp talked to a family in Atlanta, the Landrums, who managed a lot of properties on Airbnb. They started with a handful of apartments and eventually grew to where they were leasing about 18 apartments. They owned an apartment and then they managed apartment rentals for another 20 plus people who were also listing on Airbnb. And to manage all these properties, they needed help. They built out the type of staffing support that you would expect if you were a property manager, right? They had maintenance workers and others help decorate these places, hang the chandeliers. Then they'd photograph it, list it. They'd have cleaners come in, clean the place, flip it for the next person. They had landscapers at some of these properties. So really they built kind of this this system that was dependent on a lot of local jobs in Atlanta. There were a lot of costs. The Landrums were on the hook for payroll, maintenance, furnishings. And because they were renting most of these properties, they had to make their rent payments too. But when times were good, their Airbnb business covered those expenses and turned a sizable profit. This was a healthy and robust business. They were grossing about $1.5 million a year off their Airbnb business. It's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, it was a really good business. And then, all of a sudden, that good business vanished. That's after the break. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back. As hosts built their Airbnb businesses, many of them took on debt to do it. Mortgages to buy new properties or loans to pay for furnishings. As long as the bookings kept coming, many hosts could easily make those payments. But when the coronavirus brought travel to a halt worldwide, bookings on Airbnb dried up. And hosts were still on the hook for all their debt. Hosts like Jen in Michigan. Her bookings have slowed to a trickle. It's been really hard. Like, we haven't really been able to pay the mortgage. We have mortgages with Chase, and they've started a program for deferring payment. So we signed up for that in March. I don't know where that's going to leave us because, like, after the deferment time is over, what do we do with what we owe for the last three or four months that they're letting us defer? So we're kind of in limbo with them at the moment. And in the early days of the pandemic, Airbnb, the company, made a choice that made the financial pain for some hosts even worse. A lot of Airbnb guests had reservations that they'd made before the pandemic, and they wanted to know, when are we going to get our money back? For years, Airbnb had let hosts make that decision. Hosts could pick their own cancellation policies. But in a pandemic, that did not go over well with guests. Here's Pritika. 
So at first you had outrage from guests in the US, in Europe, who said, hey, our airline has canceled and is giving us a full refund. And here you have Airbnb that's not refunding our stay. Under pressure, Airbnb pulled rank on its hosts. Airbnb said, okay, you know what? It doesn't matter if a host has set their cancellation policy to not refund you. We are going to give full refunds to guests. As soon as they did that, the host turned against them and they said, how can you just override our policies that we've set with the guests? For some hosts, it felt like Airbnb was going back on its promise that hosts set the rules, that you control your business. And for hosts who set strict cancellation policies, it meant they might be out a lot of money. In a case where you have a strict cancellation policy, and if I'm a guest and I cancel, the host still gets 50% of that money. So a lot of hosts that we spoke to said, you know, we had accounted for at least 50% coming in, and now we have nothing. And what does Airbnb say about that? If you ask Airbnb, Airbnb will say, but we always had a policy where we had the final say. And in a situation like a pandemic, we had to take matters into our own hands and do what we felt was right by guests. Airbnb pointed out that hosts had agreed to an extenuating circumstances policy. And a pandemic is an extenuating circumstance. But after facing backlash from hosts, Airbnb announced a set of measures to help them out. The company promised it would send millions of dollars to hosts to help with mortgage payments. And it set up a program where it gave hosts some of the money back from those canceled bookings. Jen says she got some of that money. So it ended up being a really small amount, and it was only like 40 bucks. But $40? Yeah, I, but I lost like thousands and thousands and thousands in bookings. Jen is still scrambling to figure out how she might make money off her properties. She has rented out one property to a nurse who's in town to help with the coronavirus efforts. And she's had a few other bookings here and there. I have one place rented out to a guy whose wife won't let him come back into their house because he goes out and interacts with society, like, to, you know, oh, wow. take care of business stores right. and stuff. But these are really, really discounted rates to what we would normally get. Jen isn't the only host struggling to stay afloat. Some hosts are getting so desperate that they're trying to sell their properties. We have real estate brokers telling us, hey, we have Airbnb hosts calling us saying, I'm a month or two away from foreclosure. What is it going to take to get my property sold now? And suddenly you now have property prices dropping because they're desperate to sell their properties. Airbnb has secured $2 billion in loans to help it weather the pandemic. But as its hosts start considering other options, the future of the company and the economy it helped create appear unstable. All industries have in some way or another been hit by the pandemic. Was the sharing economy particularly vulnerable? The sharing economy was vulnerable in the sense that it had the allure of big corporate names that everybody knows, Uber, Lyft, Airbnb. And historically, we always thought of big companies as kind of helping take care of the people who work for them. But the gig economy is predicated on, this is your job, you get to choose 
your hours. You don't really work for anybody. And so while everybody signed up for that, that means that in the midst of a pandemic, there's no kind of corporate support, if you will. But in the interviews with hosts that you talked with, people talked about the magical money. And don't we all kind of know that magical money is dangerous? Like, aren't these hosts, didn't they sort of, they made their own bed here? Yeah, and I think people recognize that some of these hosts overextended themselves. They put themselves in a risky situation in terms of assuming some debt and depending on Airbnb. But then also, I mean, you can look at this somewhat sympathetically, right? I mean, if Airbnb didn't exist, maybe fewer people would be participating and be just typical property owners as opposed to this kind of like mushrooming phenomenon around Airbnb that we've seen. And after this crisis, that's what Jen and her husband might end up being, normal landlords. They've started talking about turning some of their Airbnb units into long-term rentals. But as they wait for things to clear up, Jen says she won't be quitting her job at the hospital anytime soon. That's all for today, Thursday, May 7th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We come out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.